0: Welcome to Today in Space, the All Things Space podcast. I'm your host, Alex Girofanos, engineer, maker, and amplifier of all things space and science. It's been a busy week at Mars. Three missions from three different countries, two have already made it into orbit successfully, and the other is still to come. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to try and share some of the most interesting facts about these missions because if you're in the algorithm for anything Mars-related, you've probably already seen a lot of this stuff before. So I'm going to point out stuff that may not be in the headlines and things I just generally found interesting because there's a lot that's happening around Mars, and I want to explore the idea that Mars could be this place where... If you're able to succeed and get through all the challenges that it takes just to get to Mars in the first place, if you're a young country or not the U.S. or Russia, there is a whole history book to be written about the first people to do the first things on Mars. And that's what these two missions, Tianwen-1 and the HOPE mission, are doing at Mars. So let's dive into that, let's talk about some specifics, and then roll right into it because I'm ready to go, let's talk about the missions to Mars. So, first was February 9th, 2021. The United Arab Emirates, a young country, I didn't even realize how young of a country it was, under 50 years old as a country itself. And this young team, which this science team, which is the average age is 27 years old, were brought together to do something that even the biggest countries and, and richest, most powerful countries in the world have. Have only just barely scratched the surface of, which is going to Mars. And what I thought was really amazing, you know, 80% of that team of the UAE's Hope mission team was women. That's the science team. So everyone, everyone, not even just involved in the direct engineering of the project, but this entire team that this country had to pull together to get this mission to pull off, 80% women. So they obviously have done a tremendous job because the orbiter, the Hope orbiter, which is going to be going around Mars, gathering data about the atmosphere on Mars to help bring to light, hopefully, the mystery of what happened to the atmosphere on Mars. Basically opened up, leaked out. We think it was, you know, something to do with maybe a solar flare, knocked it out, perhaps made it barren. Perhaps that did something to it. But we don't have this global atmospheric map of Mars. And that's what this team is hoping to add to the knowledge economy of humanity's understanding of Mars. So they work together with a NASA team and and, uh, I think universities in Colorado. So it's a really cool thing what science can do to take us out of the mindset of, you know, I'm from here, you're from there, we're all on this planet Earth, and there's so much more we can learn together and that's one of the great things about the scientific community is you, you kind of see each other as human beings. Mathematics, really, and, and even physics, it's a language that crosses the barriers, right? We, can, we The math is the same regardless of what language you're doing it in, right? So it's something we can come together on and to help hope, which is a beautiful name for this mission. So a big congratulations to that team. I think what they're doing was is really amazing, especially with how difficult it is to get to Mars. I mean, there have been plenty of missions that have gone to Mars, skipped off the atmosphere, and even as of late, late, uh, lately, just the landing portion is also very difficult. We've had plenty crash land and not do what was intended. So it's not a very easy place to actually get to in the first place. But the UAE became the only the fifth nation to orbit. Mars successfully. So just think about that. A country under 50 years old is now number five on the list of the only only nations, uh, even entities, a like group of humans that has been able to do that successfully. And that's a big accomplishment for a an average age team of 27 that was put together a few years ago in, in, in an under I think it was five to eight years has actually made it happen, made it work. So I'm really excited to see the science that comes from this and and maybe the future understanding that we'll get from Mars thanks to the HOPE team. So congratulations. Thank you for all your hard work. And uh, let's get some science going. Next up, Tianwen-1, which is China's spacecraft that's an orbiter. It's also a lander and a rover that comes out of that lander if everything is complete. They successfully made it into orbit of Mars on the 10th. So a day later, they have successfully made it in February here. And it's really good to see these missions have a two out of three so far. Perseverance is going to be uh, February 18th. So we've got a little more time for that to happen. With the Tianwen-1 mission, it's really interesting to to talk about the scope of what what China's really trying to do on Mars. And it mirrors very much what the U.S. is trying to do currently. And if you think about the, the age of China's space program, which is young compared to the, the other major space programs in the space race. Uh, you know, think of Russia and, and the US. Uh, and even Europe has had a long standing with, with ESA, European Space Agency. China's relatively young. They, they have their space station. There's obviously talks about going to the moon. But Tianwen is this group of, of missions that are going to be interplanetary. Tianwen translated means questioning the heavens or asking questions of the heavens. And that's going to be the moniker, the name they're going to use for all of their interplanetary missions. So this is the first one that has gotten there. And it's interesting, you know, with Perseverance, what you're going to see is the capsule coming in and going in for a landing relatively quickly to do its procedure where it basically gets crane lifted in with a sky crane. And those boosters go off very much like what the Green Goblin did in Spider-Man, coming down and then letting Perseverance down with a tether just like Curiosity did, and then flying off and having the rover do its thing. With Tianwen-1, they are getting to Mars just now, right? February 10th, and their actual lander isn't going to deploy to the surface until May sometime. So they're going to be orbiting and, and really dialing down what they're trying to do there. And it's interesting because the From what I was reading in in some of the articles, again, as always, we'll have the links for my research here so you can dive deeper into these topics. I'm kind of just skimming off the top, talking about what's exciting to me. So there's homework if you want it, but it's not necessary. They only decided the place they were gonna land this rover three months ago. So in the middle of the flight to Mars which happened in the summer last year in 2020. All three of these missions launched during the pandemic. So uh, it's pretty crazy that, you know, we're six or so months later, and here they are. They've made it. And hopefully we're going to get great things from them at Mars. So far, things are looking pretty good. But the Tianwen series of missions, especially on Mars here, is going to set up something that will be another first, which is returning actual regolith soil from Mars, a sample, to Earth. And that could give us tons more in-depth analysis of the planet, where it is today, what happened to it, how it compares to Earth, and we can learn a lot about our future and Mars' past. So Tianwen-1, the rover that will make its landing in May, is going to try and collect samples, and set them up for another mission to come by and bring them back home. Perseverance is also going to be setting that up with caching, where it's going to be storing samples on the surface, which will then have another mission to come back to Martin Watney, the samples into orbit, where they'll catch them and bring them back home. So uh, some sci-fi coming into real life. And this is, again, all... If everything goes according to plan. So, so far, we're two for three, knock on wood, because I am superstitious and from New England. We'll knock on wood there, just for good good fun. And if China is successful with the landing and initial startup of their rover from Tianwen-1, they will be only the third nation to successfully land a rover on the planet. Which, again, there have been many victories and many uh, devastating failures from various types of landers on mars it just really isn't as easy as it looks yes the martian atmosphere is thinner but that also means you can't use the atmosphere for braking. there's enough gravity and enough speed that you have to deal with that just makes it a really complicated thing to do from a very long way away you know that seven minutes of the actual landing process for perseverance is one of the most nerve-wracking things to, to witness, obviously to be a part of on the team, I haven't experienced it myself, but there's plenty of video footage out there. Those seven minutes, everything is up to the rover and to Mars at that point for everything to go, to go according to plan. And to close out this episode, I think the thing that's really exciting, there's two real big areas that I think these two new countries in the mix, China and United Arab Emirates, having both of these countries in there Having a young country, under 50 years old, right? Having a, a country with a young space program with a lot of really motivated engineers and and very big expectations with the government's money and effort behind it. It's showing us that you don't necessarily need to be the top country, the second country, or be the biggest power to make a big difference in space and i think one of the great things is this kind of international partnership that comes from this scientific objective of we're getting more information to close the gaps on the knowledge we already have now instead of it being necessarily like an ego trip like we're going to get our own data the point i'm trying to make here is that you don't have to be the biggest country in the world like the space race told us space race 1.0 told us from before where there has to be a military dominant ideal behind why we're going there, we can actually work together to learn more about the whole thing and then a spot in the history books for some of these younger countries that are going to take the risk to try and make it happen. And with the UAE, it really shows you the, the hope team. It shows you that teamwork is really one of the most important things and you don't have to have the most esteemed or the the highest skilled Engineers and scientists—not to take anything away from that team—but it just shows you that with the right resources, with the right motivation. I mean, this is their country's first mission. I mean, this is this is a big deal for them, and it it gives you a glimpse into how it was possible in the early space race days when no one had had done it before, and it's this Hail Mary for a small country to put themselves on the map in a really really big way, and and Mars and scientific progress can can benefit and we can all learn more from that. So that that's a pretty good deal for humanity. And it just shows you that space programs, even if they're small, can be great amplifiers for a country, for whatever their cause is, for how the other humans look at that country and perceive it, and how we work again together for getting this information and learning more. And with China, it also shows you that you don't necessarily need the timeline that the U.S. and Russia and some of Europe had with their space programs, you can have a space program that's young and can do the same missions that, say, the U.S. is doing today. And I bring up the comparison between Tianwen-1 setting up this return mission, this return sample mission, when we've got the U.S. and NASA doing the same exact mission. So we're at this point where the technology and the advancement and the common knowledge of what's out there is hitting this crossroads where... Countries with a little less experience than the top experts in the world can still make it happen, and we can all benefit from it. So those are my thoughts. I wanted to keep it short and simple for this week. As always, I'd love to know what you thought of, of this you know, amazing triplet of Mars missions. What's your favorite? What are you looking to learn from? If there's anything else we can cover about those missions that you'd like to learn, please let us know. Follow us on Today in Space Pod on Instagram and Twitter. On Today in Space, on TikTok, and Today in Space podcast, our Facebook page. You can always email us at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And, and last week, I'd love to know, you know, we did our hypothesis, our, our reaction to the Starship SN9 mission. And we put both missions back to back. We've got some feedback from people. They seem to like that setup, just visually being able to see the comparison. I think it was a cool experiment. You know, I'm definitely playing around with this idea of can science be communicated at the hypothesis level? You know, we've, we've discussed this before that, you know, as far as we're concerned here on the podcast, science kind of has multiple levels. This is true of just scientific thought and ideas, but there are hypotheses that start at the bottom. Their thoughts, their questions, their ideas, they're, they're sometimes based on things you already know, but they're trying to set up the next thing. And they may be exciting and fun but they're just that like they we haven't tested it yet we don't know if it's a real true showing of what reality really is Um, and that's what last week was you know i was going literally off the top of my head based on what i had before i got some things wrong which i did my best to try and say hey i might be wrong no i had missed the fact that the actual approved launch height was 10 kilometers for sn9 so that definitely would have explained the time difference i was talking about but my question to you is, is it, is it actually palatable? Like, is it actually worth listening to, if you know that I might be wrong, is it worth listening to something like that where you're hearing my first thoughts? Or is it worth it more to spend a little, more, more, a little bit more time, dial in all that stuff, and then you get kind of a theory, right? A, a little more in-depth episode that goes into some more detail. I'm not even sure if that makes any sense. So let us know, as always, uh, whether it's in the comments below or wherever else you want to reach us on social media or our email, todayinspacepodcasts at gmail.com. So we are trying some new stuff here. We've got some more coming out for you. Next episode, we will be showcasing at least one of our 3D-printed projects here for the month of Mars. I hope you guys like my T-shirt here. Uh, Four astronauts walking in front of Mars in the background, someday, someday. But, again, if you're only listening on the podcast, please go over to our YouTube page, Today in Space. Uh, subscribe, like any video that you see and that you do actually like, um, but you can also see the, the 3D printed stuff we're gonna be doing here and for the next few weeks. We'll do our best to make it, you know, listenable. But this here is, and I'll, I'll see if you can guess what this is, but it's a tiny piece Well, I guess not that tiny. It's 250 millimeters uh, of a square. But let me bring it closer here to see if you can guess what this is. It has to do with our Mars missions. So this is the terrain, for those just listening, that I've 3D printed. We'll have another video on our other channel, AG3D Printing, our 3D printing lab, ag3d-printing.com. We'll talk about how we made it, the details, if you want to nerd out with some of that stuff. But we're also there, of course, if you have any 3D printing that you want to do. We're here. That helps fund the podcast. We have our Etsy store, eg3dprinting.etsy.com. We've got a bunch of stuff selling there. Keeps us busy. Keeps the lights on here. So I'd love to know if you know what this is. I'll I'll, I'll give you a hint. The data that allowed us to use this part came from an orbiter around Mars. So let us know what you think in the comments below. And we'll have more on that next week. And... Got a box of parts here as well, and we'll be assembling that. I'll give you that quick view. Can you guess what it is? Well, we'll give you until next week to guess what that is. We have more and more coming up. I think SN10 is very close, uh, Starship SN10, to another launch here. It could be this week. I know they were getting it ready. They had it on the launch pad for SN9, so it's very close. SN11 is on its way, and we're excited about that for Texas. On Mars, of course, upcoming, we have our Perseverance rover landing on Mars, Mars 2020, and the Ingenuity Copter that will be doing the first helicopter flight on any other planet. So, lots to come. Love to know what you're looking forward to, and we'll talk to you next time for Today in Space. I'm Alex Arfanos, your host. Spread love and spread science. We'll see you next time.